Unscripted. Unshackled. Uncouth. What you're about to hear is for mature ears only. It's Miguel. Ricky. Yeah. Yeah. You're a dumbass. Have a wonderful day, okay? Bye-bye now. Holly. I finally got boobs and a butt back. And Scotty the body. Am I not as cool and good-looking as I think I am? The Miguel and Holly Uncensored Podcast. No, my tongue feels too big today. Only from Hot 101.5. Give me Kit Kat or give me death. Tampa Bay's new hit music. Well, hello. It is Miguel and Holly Uncensored, our daily podcast that we do where we talk about any and everything. And today we decided, let's do it live. We'll do it live. Yeah. We'll do it live. So we are live right now on the uh, Miguel and Holly Facebook page as we are doing our Uncensored podcast live. So if you want to comment for you in Facebook land, uh, feel free to uh, hop in and say so. Yes. Uh, How's everybody doing? Holly? Oh, you know... I'm all right. Yep. As much as can be expected. I just, yep. I said today, and I, I feel like I started improving after I said it out loud, but I felt like I've been a little bit numb over the past few days, mm-hmm. trying to uh, wade through information, present facts, um, get it right, make sure I wasn't misspeaking, and like a lot's been going on in my personal life too, and I just, today was sort of a, um, the... Like, imagine you have on a blouse that's too small. I love a good blouse. Uh, who doesn't love a good blouse? Love a good blouse. So you have a blouse on mm-hmm. that you've been slowly gaining weight, but you haven't really noticed it. And suddenly you try to, like, button the center button, and it doesn't quite reach this time. And you're mm. like, this can't be right. And then you finally get it buttoned, and then it, it pops off and, like, shoots you in the mirror, and then it pops back at your head. Right. That's what today felt like a little bit like the buttons were starting to come a little loose and shoot mm. off. And I was like, I don't even know if I'm making sense what I'm saying on the air a little bit today. So right. bear with me. Yeah, it was one of those days that was just, uh, I mean, the past week, mm-hmm. the past three months have just been emotional. I mean, like, can you imagine like what we were talking about March 11th? Like how uh, probably I wish we could pull the tape because it pro- we <laughs> oh, probably we mentioned like maybe mentioned something about uh, coronavirus. Right. <laughs> With maybe like, oh, it's fine. Yeah. And like had no idea what was coming. And nope. We were and just living our lives. Yep. Now here we are. Um, I wanted you can go ahead and get her on the phone, Scott. Um, I wanted to bring on someone to help us uh, start the podcast today. Uh, she is a reporter. Um, here in Tampa Bay, and uh, she was out at the protest recently. And so I kind of wanted to get her perspective from out on the streets and experiencing what's going on mm-hmm. because I just I, I felt guilty at first this weekend and then uh, Monday and yesterday for not being at the protest because I'm still afraid of coronavirus. <laughs> and that's the thing. I feel like because of all of everything that's going on, COVID-19 is kind of taking a back seat and it was headed that way anyway. Like right. everyone, not everyone, but a large group of people collectively decided we're done worrying about this. Right. And it's like, what? We're pretending it stopped. Right. But it's still a, a thing. Like, it, wait a second, really quick. In my note, oh, I don't have it out today, but in my notes, like, I think it's that the, the deaths keep growing. So, I mean, it's still thing. Oh, I know. And it just makes you so um, nervous because you don't know how it's going to rear its head this summer. Um, yeah. And then Angela. Oh, Angela Singh, who's like, hey, P.S., here's more good news. <laughs> Hurricane season's here. Hurricane are coming. I mean, it's like, can we get a break? No, not in 2020. Um, Hold on. We're trying to get her on the phone now. Oops. Hurricane season. Um, just- and then I was mad because this weekend I wanted to go uh, to Home Depot or to anywhere because they had that hurricane season tax-free weekend. Oh, dang it. That's right. Yeah. And I legitimately wanted to, like, get a hurricane pack together because usually in the past I've gotten, like, a couple of things here, a couple of things there. But I, like, really wanted to, like, get everything together. Like everything that they recommend on a list. Right. And then we it just didn't happen. All right. Uh, let's see here. We get her on the phone. We have Miss Aubrey here. She is a star reporter at 10 News here in Tampa Bay. Miss Aubrey, how are you doing this morning? 
thanks for having me. Absolutely. So we're doing our podcast, and we're also uh, streaming it right now on our uh, Facebook page, uh, just so you know. So you were out at the protest in St. Peter, Tampa. Yeah, so I was out there as a civilian. It was the, the peaceful protest at Curtis Nixon. Oh. Okay, and, and how okay. did that go? It was a very special experience because I think if you've never gone to a peaceful protest before, you kind of have in your mind what you think it might be, but mm-hmm. then you get out there and you just see a sense of unity among people from all backgrounds, all walks of life. And it's just a beautiful thing to, I think, see in person, experience firsthand. And there wasn't any type of disruptive behavior. Law enforcement were totally fine. They were just doing their job with, you know, having to keep certain places kind of blocked off. But it was exactly what it was, a peaceful protest. What did you want to get out of going to to the protest since you were going as a civilian and not as a reporter? I wanted to go and experience it for myself as as a person, as a woman of color. I I wanted to go, and I I was completely transparent. I I told my team about it, asked my manager, and all of that, and and they said, you know, that that you're right. You can you can do that, and of course you you try to you know find the the balance between you know, going and thinking that you have to, you know, have your camera out and all of that stuff and then going and being in that moment. So I was able to balance both because everything that I was able to capture, I had on my iPhone (laughs) and Mm. I like was editing on when I got home. And and it was just beautiful because I spoke to, it was a young guy, he wasn't even 18 yet. (laughs) And he was very vocal. And he said, you know, I don't know what it's like to, to be a black man or a black woman, but I'm out here because I see you and I hear you. And I'm like, you can't be both yet. And you're so hello, what's going on. So the younger generation is beautiful. It's awesome. Do you have us on speakerphone or Bluetooth? It's a little hard to hear you right now. Oh yes, let me take. Let me take. Okay. Is that better? Yes. There we go. There we okay. go. Um, <laughs> okay. Now I'm curious, as a woman of color in the media business. Have you faced any sort of adversity in your career? And I know um, this may be a little bit off topic and I don't know what you can, because I know that when it's uh, a reporter, you all have a different set of guidelines that you all go under and what you can and can't talk about. Yeah. So, you know, wherever, if if it's a little too uncomfortable, you know, or you can't just just let us know, it's fine. Um, But as a woman of color, have you faced any adversity? I think that's a valid question, and I have been, I'm going to say blessed, because it's it's definitely a blessing to have an outright experience like that. It's it's a blessing, especially given the context of what we're seeing for people who are just living as as people of color right now. And I'm happy to be on the side of being able to show the reality of what's happening, whether it's globally or locally. But then also I, I can empathize and I can humanize with people who are wanting to do their part or learn more or do something else. So I, I'm kind of on both sides of the fence. And I think that's also why I wanted to be out at Curtis Hickson as Aubrey, you know, as right. a person, because like I want to be there and I want to show up and I want to be able to vocalize how I feel and what's going on. Because a lot of times you, you can't do that. You have to just tell people what's going on and you you have to be a human still at the end of the day you know so true Mm -hmm. and with that human side how have you been affected by everything over the past week because i mean i know as a black person in the media who digest so much information every single day that yeah. I mean, it's just been weighing. It's, it's it's been emotionally heavy. And can I say too that uh, I mean that's the difference between us on the radio and you on TV. So we're both getting all of this heavy information. But the benefit that we have on the radio is that we can speak emotionally on it, and you are supposed to just report without emotion almost. And how does that feel? Yeah, it, it you have to find the balance, and it's going to look different for everyone. Um, if, if that means that sometimes you need to take a mental health day, please do that. That's a conversation I have with my girlfriends all the time who are in different industries that are just as impacted as someone like myself. You know, if you need time to just step away and say, okay, y'all, I need a minute. Like, this is just too much and it's almost the thing of check on your strong friend Mm. we're all having to be strong right now you know what i mean so it's like 
check on your strong friend that has to, you know, just show up and be, because right now you need to feel, we need to, you know, have, go through what exactly we're processing and and have that that time to do that. Because if not, I think it's just kind of like putting a Band-Aid over a wound. We've been here. We need to feel this. Mm. That's so true. So, so true. Makes sense. Oh, well, thank you so much for sort of sharing your experience. I wanted to know yeah. from the front lines on the streets what you've been saying. Oh, wait, before we let you go, I just remembered, Scott, you had a question um, about protesting and maybe, Aubrey, you've seen something in your reporting. Yeah, this is just something that like, is starting to really weigh on me when I'm going through social media and I'm seeing people do peaceful protesting and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, like somebody just gets arrested, like I've seen it multiple times now where they're, like, on a knee. They're saying what needs to be said. And then an officer will come and, like, literally just pick them up and arrest them. And Mm. in my head, I'm like, for what? What was not right there? They're doing their exact rights as we have in this country that we're supposed to be doing, that everyone says peaceful protesting, and this person just got arrested for doing just that. Have you? Yeah, and Scotty, you'll have to send me the the links to that because I I would definitely love, to, especially if that's that's happening here locally. Mm-hmm. My experience at Curtis Hickson was so far removed from what we've seen that that's what I think brought the emotion full force for me is because there was there was no uh, conflict or animosity between the civilians and law enforcement. I mean, it genuinely was a peaceful protest, and it was. Uh, a coming together of people of just various age groups and backgrounds. And I was just pleasantly surprised because you kind of go into these situations hoping for the best, but expecting the worst. And that's crazy to say, because this is just an example of us showing our passion for change. Right. So you shouldn't think that you shouldn't have to think that way, but that's what you go into it kind of having that, that wall up, but then you get there and you see that we are all here for the same vision, for the same goal of wanting to see lasting change, not quick change. Mm. We want it to be lasting. Yeah. Right. And and that's why I'm, I'm very surprised, you know, if, if other things like what Scotty was saying is going on, it, it's, it's in direct conflict of, of the overall goal. And I spoke to a gentleman the other day with the Black Chamber of Commerce who suggests that even after the protests are over and after, you know, all of this is, is come to an end, you know, go to go that extra mile. Look at being a part of local leadership. Look at being a part of the community, you know, really just continuing the effort because pounding the pavement is great. But we have to we have to keep going. I love that. And I've seen a few of my white friends that have said, you know, what can I do? How, I don't understand. I've seen them uh you know, donate to the NAACP uh, Legal Defense Fund or donate mm-hmm. to uh, the many organizations that are out there that you can give your money to if you don't want to go out and protest and be on the front lines. There are so many other ways that you can help that you don't have to be there with the picket picketing. You know, you can actually right. do other things to help the yeah, cause out. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. Absolutely. Uh, yes. Aubrey, before you let you go, are there any stories that you have coming up that you're working on? Because I can tell, you can tell a reporter, because when she heard Scott say that, she said, wait, what? She said, send me the table. <laughs> send me the link. I will investigate. Send me link, Scotty. <laughs> let me know. Well, if if anyone wants to see the experience that I had at Curtis Hickson, it's, it's on my Instagram page. It's on my IGTV. It's about a minute. So I kind of was able to put everything in there. And it's three different points of views from the, the young teenager to a, a, a black woman. And then also I spoke to an, an older gentleman who said, when y'all are done with this, go out and vote. Three totally mm. different perspectives from people. So you'll, you'll see that on my Instagram page. I think it'll be really insightful to see what happened at Curtis Dixon. Awesome. Well, Aubrey on air reporter for 10 News. Uh, what newscast can we normally see you on? Or is it is it just sort of all day? Yeah, yeah, we're all working from home, so you'll normally catch me at 5 or 6. Okay, awesome. All-star reporter for 10 News here in Tampa Bay, Aubrey on air. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. And if you got a story that you uh, want us to talk about, let us know. We'll have you on again, okay? Awesome. Thank you, you guys. Love y'all. Absolutely. Love you, too. Bye-bye. Bye. Man, I love reporters because she's like, what did you say? <laughs> what? She's like, yeah, I'll get to that. But first. But first, what? send me the link. 
send oh, I got the links. It. I I always I always feel so jealous of reporters because I feel like that's what I always wanted to do. Really? I did. Like I just love that um that curiosity and that tenacity and that I'm on the scene. I've got to figure <laughs> out what's going on of a reporter. But then when I see, you know, them in like dangerous situations, I'm like, well, I don't know if I'd be able to do that. Like I'd be I'd be that one reporter on the bloopers that's like running away and like <laughs> screaming like, oh my God. With the B or whatever. Yeah, I'd be like, get out of my face. Get out of my face. Go now. Because remember when we lived in Panama City, Holly, um, and we were kind of like flirting if we should stay there or not. And I kept saying, well, I'm going to move back home to Atlanta so I can get a job at CNN because I got some friends from college that work there. And I can get me an entry-level job. And I'm going to work with Anderson Cooper. Yeah. I never did. No, no. That was sort of just like one of those empty threats. (laughs) Right. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to move back home and work at CNN. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Because, I mean, can't, couldn't you see me as a reporter, Holly? Mm-hmm. No, no. Wh- In one way, yes. Mm-hmm. But I almost think that it's it's too much to ask you to report and not inject opinion. Because I've just mm-hmm. known you for too long. Watch. Wow. Hi, this is Miguel Fuller. <laughs> Hi, Miguel Fuller here. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Wait, hold on. <laughs> I got to try it again. <clears throat> All right. Everyone's going to give their best reporter. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Hi, this is Miguel Fuller reporting live for WPOI 101.5. We are here on the streets as things are happening. Back to you, Holly O'Connor. I just read this. Like it's my script. But, but mm. yeah, but we got to restart the music. Okay, okay. Hold on, hold on. Here. <clears throat> All right, here we go. Thank you, Miguel. This is Holly O'Connor with 101.5 WPOI. Hot in Hollywood and TV tonight with Stimulus Cash next. Now, we've checked in with Miguel and Holly's Stimulus Cash, and it looks like people are getting helped in the community. We'll have more on that at 6. Back to you. Thank you, Holly O'Connor. Now to our roving reporter, Scotty the Body. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It's Scotty the Body right here on the scene, and we have a major case that we need to get to tonight. But first, a quick message from our sponsors. Hi, this is Scott Tablet. Always there in your corner. Whether you need me or not, I'm there to help. Back to you, Scotty the Body. Thank you again. So we're here on the scene. As you can see behind me, very serious matters are going on. So we're going to go to a witness to get an eye on the scene. Could you tell me anything about this, Tom? Yeah, I've been here all day, and I just, <laughs> it has been something else. He's the Thank whole you so much, Tom. <laughs> He's the whole newscast. I love it. And we are doing the podcast on Facebook. And Scott, like, what did you do with yeah, your computer? My, my laptop's, like, dead, so oh. I had to plug it in. <laughs> and so it's down there? It's down there, so you get, like, a view of my. I can't see you. Oh, wow. There, there we go. There, there, there we go. You okay, are. we got gotcha. you. Nice oh, side good. profile. So I feel like none of us could be reporters. So what are you I, I, talking about? I'm sorry. I was great. Yeah. Okay. Well, we need to have Aubrey on again to sort of give us the news reporter test and see if we... Did you have to do TV in college, Miguel? Uh, Yes, I did. I so did. you were, you did get to do a little bit of it. I did. I, I did. used to be like, I felt like I was so like on it. But the problem was I was a college kid. So I would always show up to um like my, my lives mm. with... You had to bring freaking everything. So you got your camera and your white balance sheet and all this other nonsense. And I would usually be tired for some reason. So I'd always be like, hi, this is Holly O'Connor. Oh, and I, and I no. would see them in like post-production and be like, oh, God. You're like, is, what am I doing? I need a cameraman to tell you like you look like a mess. <laughs> anyway. Um, I do want to get to this. Uh, I feel like we're going to have to talk about a couple things in the comments here. Yeah, I was just looking through. Which Who do you want to go to first, Holly? Uh, I'll pull it up. Let's talk uh, to Christine first. Christine. Then we can spend some time on um, the other issue. All right, Holly, do you want to read Christine's uh, message on our uh, Facebook page right now? Okay, Christine says, good morning. This pisses me off. <laughs> I'm, I'm not laughing at you, Christine, but it's a little funny that you put a sunshine and then went into <laughs> bed pisses you off. It's just funny. Good morning. I'm pissed. <laughs> good morning. This pisses me off. Um, th- as this isn't about protesting, it's about riots and looting and out of control people. They keep saying BLM, a.k.a. Black Lives Matter. Well, all lives matter, no matter color, gender or orientation. 
There has to be change and peace on this earth. They took the first step in arresting that murderer. Please let the system do its job. People work way too damn hard to lose their businesses. This is wrong. There's a couple. I, wait, I'm going to get a note. Okay. I'm going to make a couple points. So we'll, we're going to cover um, um, Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. versus All Lives Matter. Right. Uh, we're going to cover change and peace on earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're going to talk about letting the system do its job. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then maybe, I don't know, if you want to m- touch on people working too hard to lose their business. Okay. So that's uh, like, there's like several different parts that, that we can address in, because you have a lot to say, Christine, and I appreciate it. Absolutely. This is an open dialogue. This is what it's all about. Right. Um, before so, you, l- yo, go ahead. Let me just get into this. I found this really cool graphic that I've shared a couple of times on my Insta story, and it says, why saying all lives, all lives matters is not helpful problematic and wrong okay so this is and you i'll post this again on my insta story um at miguel fuller on instagram and let me say too before we get into this because the first thing that you're going to feel is defensive right right and right. Th- this is not how that conversation should go mm-hmm. um this is about open learning dialogue not about chastising because i feel like all lives matter comes from a place of good in your heart it just is a little bit misunderstood. Yes. Uh, this graphic says, what you need to understand, yes, you white folks, it is our, black people, gut reaction due to our privilege that if, I'm sorry, wait, we what you need to understand, it is Start our- Start again from the beginning. Yeah. I got confused. What you need to understand, yes, you white folks, it is our gut reaction due to our privilege that if we're not the center of the conversation, uh, somehow, some way, we are getting less than, so we scream back. Wait a second. Is this from a white person or a black yeah, person? Yeah, this, this is from a white person. Okay, yeah. I was confused. Sorry. Go ahead. But saying Black Lives Matter was never a confrontation. No one ever said Black Lives Matter more than other lives. No matter how well-intentioned it was meant to be, saying All Lives Matter is a form of gaslighting. It's a way of making black and people of color question their reality to keep your power or status quo. It's easier to keep our eyes covered than deal with our own discomfort and guilt. It is not enough just to be a good person, even if you personally have never actively engaged in a racist act. You, me, we have been have benefited from a system built for us and against black, brown, people of color folks. My sister explains it like this. If you aren't at an event supporting people with breast cancer, no one would run in and scream, all cancer matters. That's a given. It's obvious. No one is saying it doesn't. Mm. Learn to do the work. It's not the job of black and people of color to educate you. You just seem even more entitled. Google, read, listen, so many black educators and people doing anti-racist work have a plethora of resources, both free and for purchase, invest. And for a long time, I was confused about that. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, if I'm trying to learn, why would you not want to teach me? Right. Um, but there's a lot of nuance that goes in on that, too, because at some point you have to take responsibility of your own education. Right. Um, so that I, I understand that now, like even as little as like maybe two years ago I was like help me Mm. and it's like it's like if my daughter is in a room yelling that I'm like well what do you do like help me help you so so I get that now Mm -hmm. I I more so understand that it took that one took a while right right for me to get and all of this is gonna take a while because Mm -hmm. especially if you've not heard it put in those terms before but I think the breast cancer thing is a good one because it I was using like a child drowning scenario Mm -hmm. which is more guttural where you've got three children one of them are drowning and someone is like help the drowning child right and then you're like I'm sorry hold on a minute all the children matter Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well yeah but of course they do there's one drowning right that but I actually really like the the breast cancer one because yes all forms of cancer are horrific mm-hmm. and need their own time. Um, but at this particular point, maybe breast cancer needed to be exemplified. And that's yes. what and and you know what, by the way, as a quick side tangent, it worked. Right. It worked. We put so much 
pinkish all over the place that there were amazing bounds and leaps, Mm -hmm. which is why, to be honest, it almost felt good to me to lay down the mantle of breast cancer awareness. Right. We did so many breast cancer awareness um, events when we first started in radio. I would trot out my story about my mom's breast cancer. um, And after uh, years, it finally felt like big enough steps were made that I could say, okay, going to lay down this mantle mm-hmm. and maybe now let's focus on brain cancer because I right. had a friend at 24 uh, be diagnosed with brain cancer and that was a, clo- a close cause to my heart. So, you know, I'd started doing that. We made the progress. And there, I mean, I was, there's no reason. I hope that makes sense yes. and it sort of sits well with you. But like Holly said, we don't want to get defensive. This is what Black or Blackout Tuesday was about. It's about not being defensive and just listening. Right. Now, the, just listening. the next point, too, is you, there has to be change and peace on earth. Yes. When has change been peaceful? Right. Change is not peaceful. Um, look at any of the, uh, any historical change. And I think Deepak Chopra said, all great change is preceded by chaos mm. because change isn't easy. Mm. Right. And mm. a lot of people feel uncomfortable with change. Um, it's not a pleasant process. It's a necessary one. You think it's ple- it's not pleasant for um, a caterpillar to become a butterfly. Right. People are like, oh, they just whip up a cocoon and then a couple weeks later they pop out a butterfly. They turn into a pile of goo mm-hmm. first. And then they become a butterfly. So change is not, it is ugly. It's ugly sometimes. But you have to do that in order for there to be change. And the end goal is the same. You are 100% correct. Um, The the peace is what we want. They did take, and I'm going on to the the third point. Hold on, before you go on, Holly, to the second. Scott, I felt like you were like, you... It just goes to like the whole peace thing. I said it earlier in the podcast. It's just, this is where, like, I... I have seen where, like, things have gotten violent, and, I like, I'm at a point where it's like, I get it because it, you get so frustrated and anything else you've done doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And this is where I'm, like, I'm going on social media, and if you're on, if you're watching live on Facebook, you could go on my Instagram, at Scott Tavlin, you could see the video I posted, where it's literally peaceful, but whatever you want to call it, because, look, like, I have people in my life that are in law enforcement, and I support, like, great, but they arrested the guy. For just sitting on a knee, locked arms with other people, talking about what's actually wrong in this country. And right. so for me, watching that, I'm like, that just shows. Like, I know people are like, peaceful protests, yes. But at this point, like, if that's going to be the cause, if that's going to be what happens to people that are trying to peacefully protest, don't be surprised when things go, vi- like, violent. Because you're now taking the voice away from people. Like, that's one of our rights, is to be able to speak. And now you're taking that away, and that is terrifying. Because how are we going to ever have change if you're taking the one thing that we have when we're on a knee trying to plead for help? That's just crazy to me. It just it boggles my mind. I'm, like, literally stunned. I have friends that were doing the same thing, and they got pelted with rubber bullets and gas and tear gas, and I'm still reading those posts. I'm just, I don't know what else other people expect to happen. Right. If you say you want peaceful protests, but that's the reaction when you're actually trying to make a change— what else? What, what else, else do you want you people supposed- to do? Because mm-hmm. it's going to get real ugly real quick if that's going to be the reaction from the authorities. It's just crazy to me. Holly. Blech. Oh, um, uh, the next, the next line, and of course, yes, which was amazing that that officer was arrested and charged, and I think everybody, I think every single person can agree what happened in Minneapolis was murder and was wrong, right? Yeah, when I think even that, Rush Limbaugh was like, yeah, like he was murdered correct. by that police officer. I think that we, for the first, maybe for the first time ever, are all finally like, oh, yeah. yeah right. That was crappy. Yeah. Um, so, yes, and that officer was, was arrested. But from what I've heard from um, the black community and from just people of color in general is that, too often, the system doesn't benefit 
them. Like mm. the system doesn't work the way it should. Right. And that's the change if you want to go back to the previous point that we're looking for. So it the yes, the first step is that they arrested him. Now we have to be vigilant and make sure that the rest of the justice system is carried out as it should be and that there's not like some kind of under the table deal done. I don't I don't know. I mm-hmm. I'm just saying this is what I'm hearing from the black community. So that. For the last line, was that the... That's my take on letting the system do its job because, unfortunately, the system hasn't been fair no. like it has been to white people, yeah. to the black community. There is, um, with all the conversations that have been had, you've heard probably the term um, systemic racism. Mm. And I found an amazing explainer video, which, I mean, this needs to be taught to... Children, this, I mean, it's amazing. It's Ooh. four minutes. Can you put it on somewhere? Yeah, it's on my Insta story now, but we're at, I'm going to play it at the end of the podcast. Oh, okay. Because I think it's that important to understand, understand how we've gotten to this point. So, Christine, when you said at the end of your comment, people work way too damn hard to lose their businesses. This is wrong. Absolutely. But people are dying. So, yes, you have worked hard for their business, for your business, People should not be looting. They should not be rioting. I'm not condoning that. But you can understand how after generation after generation after generation of peaceful protesting, of not peaceful protesting, of voting, of having a black president, and we still haven't moved the needle forward a little bit more, what else is, where else are those emotions supposed to go? Maybe we wouldn't have even been talking about it as much if that hadn't have happened. Again, I'm not agreeing with looting. I don't think that that helps. I think that that does muddy the cause. Right. And I happen to think that some of the looting and some of the rioting has been incited by other forces that were not in the best interest of Mm -hmm. Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. Because you have to understand that you don't see the whole picture. Um, You know, you've got both right-wing and left-wing extremists who under the cover of secrecy, have been putting bricks out yeah, on yeah. the corner of, uh, you know, popular protest areas. Mm-hmm. Where the hell do the bricks come from? There's no construction nearby. Those right. are garden bricks. Where do the bricks come from? Right. So then when you're in an atmosphere of tension and everything is charged up, suddenly there's a pile of bricks. Like, right. So this is not necessarily the same people. Are some of the same people doing the looting and the and the and the rioting? Yes. Mm-hmm. And then that goes Miguel's here. That goes to Miguel's point where it's like um you can understand where it comes from. Even right. though it's not right, it's you can see it. Absolutely. But then the the infiltrating people who that is for sure happening. I can't say like who and or pinpoint to where or who's more in charge of doing it, but again, left Leftist extremists and rightist extremists are almost silently taking this battle and causing us to have to have this conversation instead of the original Black Lives Matter conversation. Hopefully that makes sense. If it doesn't. It, I mean, you. She may not even be watching at this point, and just, right. I, I haven't even. People probably have that very same down on the on the comments. Right. Um, um, I wanted to address one more thing before I play that sort of explainer about systemic racism. Um, the other comment that we had earlier was about a business that we used to work with oh, yeah. um, that someone mentioned, and it was uh, Franklin Manor. Mm. Um, trying to pull up the comments. Where was it? Let's say here. I know it's pretty far up. Uh, it was Tracy Wells. Tracy Wells. So look for her name. All right. Well, anyway, I mean, a, a, a lot of people just saw the news. Here we go. Tracy Wells. Just tuning in, how do you guys feel about the Franklin Manor? So there was a story that came out yesterday where one of the owners of Franklin Manor had posted, um, I guess under another post, about looters and rioting. And said it was, that, I think it was under a news post. Was they it? were showing um, um, rioters. Right. And, they, and then so, and I want to be clear because I, I like the truth. I like to point out. Okay, well, let's not let um, little idiosyncrasies in the story become the story. So from what I understand, the original post 
was on a news station's footage of rioters and looters. And uh, one of the owners said, just shoot them all. And then there was a little bit of confusion as to whether he meant shoot all the protesters or shoot anybody who is looting. And as a business owner, you can imagine that you're scared. There's right. fear. There's anger as a business owner. Just like um, Christine said, um, you know, people work hard for their business. Absolutely. So if you own a business in Tampa, you're like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Is there like a looters act in my insurance policy? Like, what do I do? Right. So you can imagine the fear and the anger, which probably exploded into shoot them all. He was called out about that and said, whoa, 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 because everyone started to say, wait, shoot the protesters? What kind of message is that as a business owner who's a community leader in Tampa? And then he went on to another person's Instagram to have a back-and-forth dialogue that said, you took that out of context. When I said, shoot them all, I meant the looters because I don't want anyone coming up in my business. I'm just paraphrasing, but this is, like, how it went. Right. Um, Now, even if it had just been that, let's just say it was just that— as a business owner, as a public figure in the Tampa Bay community or any community, it's irresponsible to say things like that right. because you don't know what the what could happen on those words and you don't know what then is on your hands. Like, you, you just, it's irresponsible. Right. Um, and so even if that had been it, it still would have been, Ugh. and at the point he could have said, you know what, it was a moment of, heated emotion i i'm sorry and an apology does go a long way in mm -hmm. 2020 still mm -hmm. instead of that he doubled down well you took it out of context and i'm just saying shoot the looters okay well so then that was like rustling around we started getting notifications about that mm -hmm. then yesterday morning a screenshot was posted about um i don't want to go into details i don't either because it's not it's it's bad it was right. bad. It was it was, um, it was ra racist. Right. It was it homophobic. Homophobic. It was an, it involved bigotry in general, and it was like a private text message between three people. Right. And um, and it was posted by someone that we know to be not involved in gossip. Right. Because the first thing you want to know is was this doctored? Mm -hmm. Was this photoshopped? Right. Did someone do this intentionally to throw this person under the bus? Which is a legit question. I right. mean, if it was you, Miguel, and someone had a screenshot up of you saying some un, you know, untoward stuff, right? I'd be like, is that real? Right. I mean, this is 2020 again. Like, uh, I don't know. Um, so that, and he went on that person's page to say, I don't remember ever sending that. Was then shown another screenshot of bad conversation and said, okay, what about this one? Right. After that, the comment thread was deleted. The Facebook page was deleted. The business Facebook pages were taken down. It was almost as like, as if I don't have anything else no. to say. Um, so yesterday when that came to our attention. So that's when we started getting a lot of stuff. And this was, we were doing the show, we were doing our podcast. And then all of a sudden when we were done and I looked down at my phone and it was just like notification after notification after notification. And it was just like, whoa, 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 what's going on? And it hurt me on so many different levels because, um, I've always advocated for them and that business um, and I always said that, like, they were the good guys. Well, you know, they have a cool story. Right. These are people that started with nothing and built up this empire here. An immigrant, even. Yeah. And it was like, wow, this is really awesome. Like, they're doing something really cool. And if you look at all the DJs that have sort of separated themselves from it, they said the exact same thing. And all the employees of, like, these were the good guys. But I guess that's what we saw on the surface, and yeah. we didn't, you know, outside of what we would see weekly, like, that that was all that we saw. Yeah. And so then to see those words being used, and then all the other stories, the allegations that have been coming out, it, it made me sad because I take 
my word, my reputation very seriously. So we don't just endorse any place. We don't just endorse any product. We put a lot of thought and energy behind what we tell you and the family is a product or a place that you should visit. And so when you see all of this come to light, Mm. it just hurt my heart that we were telling all of you to go visit, to come see us there, to spend your money there. And it's just a, a painful reminder that you don't always know where people's hearts and intentions truly are. And it just, it it was almost, it was like someone was like taking my heart and like, and, and just squishing it yesterday. Mm. And then when I got on to Instagram and I saw people, and I know because I've had some conversations with a few Miguel and Holly fan members and they were like, well, I hope you all don't support businesses like this. And I hope that this is not something you all represent. Well, and like what? people were tagging the radio station and all, us in post with the comment. And I was like, hold on. That's the part that got me <sighs> frustrated yesterday. Right. Because now, and, and this is what, this is the scary thing that society does. So there's no denying that some bad stuff was going down. And, you know, it's a mess. Will we ever know the truth about all of it? No. Right. Um, But for people, and I completely understand if you heard that news, let's just say there's a proverbial you. If you hear that news and you are upset, as you probably would be, that you let that upset feeling, that anger, that outrage transform into uh, uh to someone that you don't really know what the inv- before we shoot first like is sort of a simile for all of this i guess right coming to us and being like how dare you support racists i'm like okay um first of all have a seat right second of all we are learning this on the exact same timeline as you. Right. So before you whip out your cancel culture card, let's let's have a discussion. Right. And do you honestly think that a gay black man would be like secretly? Yeah. I'm the biggest racist there is. I don't, I just it it was a little illogical, but that's what emotion can do, which is right. what I'm working on myself. Girl, you you know how emotional I am. I'm a bag of emotion. Mm, same. Cry everywhere. Same. Uh, so it's hard for me not to. But I also, thanks to this job in some part, have been forced to stop before I react and mm-hmm. get the facts. Right. Or at least ask questions instead of shouting accusations, mm-hmm. you know, without the, 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 the details. Right. And that's what had to happen yesterday. And so then... You know, I went on and, and said that, you know, we're not associated with them. We haven't been for a while, but we will not continue going forward. And so, um, you know, as a as a public platform, you can't make accusations without uh, the, uh, the evidence. Mm. So for all the other stuff, you know, we can't speak on because I'm not a police investigator. And so that is up to them if the, the allegations that are true. There will be investigations. That's that's why, we, again, we have the legal system, but right. it's tough because I'm saying we don't know what we as the public will ever find out. But since I don't know that stuff for sure, I can't, like, we, we just don't know. But all I know is that from what we saw on Facebook right. and on Instagram, I was like, all right, we've I have spent too much time working with my communities, black, gay, LGBTQ, to lift them up and to shine a spotlight on them to all of a sudden just have it just erased like that by someone that we had a somewhat business dealing with. So it was just yesterday. It was really tough. It was, it was an emotional day on top of everything we've been dealing with. So it is, uh, I'm ready for sitting and just meditating and just trying to process everything. Mm. So yeah. it's it's been um I think it was on my uh boyfriend's Instagram the other day. 
He took a picture of me sitting on the couch with like two blankets over my head. And I had several black people be like, same, same. <laughs> what Girl, else can you do? I feel you. I want to sit on that couch too and not do anything. Yeah. It's been, it's heavy. It, 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 it's, it's heavy and it's been emotional, but silver lining, silver lining is I feel like we are making progress in the right direction. We're having these tough conversations. People are being forced to question things that they have thought, you know, mm. that they have all always assumed that they've never questioned. And I love so much from the bottom of my soul. I love it. The people are actually listening mm -hmm. and not just listening with the response already in their head of, well, all lives matter. We got it. We know. But I want you to listen. And so I had so many people reach out to me yesterday that they watched um, 13 on 13th on Netflix. It is a documentary about mass incarceration and how it is the new form of slavery for black people. They've watched When They See Us on mm. Netflix, which is a powerful, powerful documentary. I mean, these are things that you may not know. And so it'll just give you a different perspective on where we are coming from as a race and why we're just sick and tired of being sick and tired. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the heaviness that we're all feeling right now, mm -hmm. this is what's necessary. Right. I know you don't want it. No, none of the people want it. Like even the, the people like you, if you are black, I, which obviously I can't speak on at all. I know you don't want this heaviness. Right. Miguel, I can't imagine you want to be sitting on the couch in two blankets. Girl, I'm I'm like. But again, I'm going to go back to my Deepak Chopra quote in that all great change is preceded by chaos. Right. And it's like we can't have change, the change that all of us are craving without having to go through the heavy mud first. Absolutely. So I wanted to end the podcast. Um, I actually found this on uh, Viola Davis, who is of How to Get Away with Murder fame. Um, she's been in so many amazing uh, movies. She's an amazing actress. It talks about systemic racism. Mm. And what does it mean? Because I feel like now that we are talking about this, there are terms being thrown around that you're like, wait a minute. What does that mean exactly? I've heard it, but... I don't understand. This is why I always feel like if I wasn't on the radio, I would have been a teacher because I love taking apart. Let's just not throw out these terms. Let's understand them. So then it helps you understand the conversation and what we're talking about. And so you also don't have to be afraid. Like I see Linda is saying, you know, like as a white person, she's like, I, I, I don't, I don't want to be attacked for asking questions. That was me about for the like the last decade right i didn't say much about anything publicly because i was like i'm not gonna win right any, anyway it feels it feels very um disenfranchised you feel like you're like well my point doesn't matter right you you're gonna have to be attacked a little bit and we but want you to listen you do go in with knowledge that's what my best friend aaron and i were talking about like we need to educate ourselves more on just some basics because otherwise it turns into an emotional exchange, and that's when things stop moving forward. And right now, if you're listening, it's Wednesday, June 3rd uh, on the Hot 101.5 Insta, and I'm going to put them on the Miguel and Holly Insta story as well. Lots of great resources for you to read and to watch. But just with the basic knowledge, here is Viola Davis's, um, and she got this from somewhere, uh, video, a little info video about systemic racism. This is Jamal. Jamal is a boy who lives. Oh, wait, hold on. I love my old This is Jamal. Jamal is a boy who lives in a poor neighborhood. He has a friend named Kevin who lives in a wealthy neighborhood. All of Jamal's neighbors are African-American and all of Kevin's neighbors are white. Because Jamal's school district is mostly funded by property taxes, his school is not very well funded. His classrooms are overcrowded, his teachers are underpaid, and he doesn't have access to high-quality tutors or extracurricular activities. Kevin's school district is also funded by property taxes, so his school is very well funded. 
His classrooms are never crowded, his teachers are very well paid, and he has access to high-quality tutors and lots of extracurricular activities. Kevin and Jamal live only a few streets away from each other. So how come they're growing up in such different worlds with such different opportunities for success? The answer has to do with America's history of systemic racism. To understand it better, let's look at what life was like for Kevin and Jamal's grandparents. Decades after the Civil War, many government agencies started to draw maps dividing cities into sections that were either desirable or undesirable for investment. This practice was called redlining, and it usually blocked off entire black neighborhoods from access to private and public investment. Banks and insurance companies used these maps for decades to deny black people loans and other services based purely on race. Historically speaking, owning a home and getting a college education is the easiest way for an American family to build wealth. But when Jamal's grandparents wanted to buy a house, the banks refused because they lived in a neighborhood that was redlined. So Jamal's grandparents were not able to buy a home, and because colleges could prevent them from attending through legal segregation, their options for higher education were really scarce. Kevin's grandparents, on the other hand, got a low-interest loan to buy their first house and got accepted into a handful of top universities, which traditionally only accepted white students. This opened up a wealth of opportunities that they were able to pass on to their kids and grandkids. Even as late as the 1980s, an investigation into the Atlanta real estate market showed that banks were more willing to lend to low-income white families than to middle or upper-income African-American families. As a result, today, for every $100 of wealth held by a white family, black families have $5.04. A 2017 study confirms that redlining is still affecting home values in major cities like Chicago today. This explains how Kevin and Jamal inherited vastly different circumstances. Unfortunately, the story doesn't end there. A big part of systemic racism is implicit bias. These are prejudices in society that people are not aware that they have. Let's go back to Kevin and Jamal. Against all odds, Jamal manages to be the only student from his high school to get accepted into a great university. The same one that Kevin and his high school friends are attending. But after Kevin and Jamal both graduate, Jamal notices that his resume isn't drawing as much interest as Kevin's, even though they graduated from the same program with the exact same GPA. Unfortunately for Jamal, studies show that resumes with white-sounding names get twice as many callbacks as identical resumes with black-sounding names. Implicit bias is one of the reasons why the black unemployment rate is twice the rate of white unemployment, even among college graduates today. You can see evidence of systemic racism in every area of life. The disparities in family wealth, incarceration rates, political representation, and education are all examples of systemic racism. Unfortunately, the biggest challenge with systemic racism is that there's no single person or entity responsible for it, which makes it very hard to solve. So what can you do? The first thing you can do is work towards becoming more aware of your own implicit biases. What are some prejudices that you might hold that you're not aware of? Second, let's acknowledge that the consequences of slavery and Jim Crow laws are still affecting access to opportunity today. As a result, we should support systemic changes that create more equal opportunities for everyone. Increasing public school funding and making it independent from property taxes would be a great start so that poor and wealthy districts can receive equal access to resources. Systemic problems require systemic solutions. Luckily, we're all part of the system, which means that we all have a role to play in making it better. Peace. Catch up on previous episodes of Miguel and Holly Uncensored now on the Hot 101.5 app or on iTunes on your smartphone. It's Miguel and Holly Uncensored. Quarantine edition from Hot 101.5. Made hot by Corona Beer.